Hey. Hey, Raymond. So, a few weeks ago, you asked me about rewatch podcasts, and you yeah. mentioned like The Sopranos because we've been doing the Boy Meets World one. Yep. And what I forgot to tell you about is technically it doesn't fit into the criteria of a rewatch podcast because it was like a like a roundup that started during season two. Yep. But Breaking Bad had a really good one. If you ever rewatch the series, listen to the podcast um, where one of the producers ended up uh, interviewing people after each episode of Breaking Bad, and they would premiere them that night. Um, so it's not really a rewatch podcast, but I found out about it when I was rewatching it like two or three years ago. That's cool. And uh, it's good. They, they have Brian Cranston on, Aaron Paul, um, everyone. Speaking of uh, rewatch podcasts, there's one for the for the Last of Us, done by ComicBook.com's yes. Brandon Davis. I just listened to it. Uh, it's really good. Yep. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's really good, and it, it comes out every Sunday after the uh, new episode airs, which we'll nice. talk about. We'll talk about. Yeah, that in so a similar bit similar to the Breaking Bad one. Yeah. It's not really a rewatch podcast, but kind of falls into that category, kind of, because they just talk about the episode. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. This week was. Uh, um, What's the, who's the guy who plays his brother? What's his name? Um, uh, Diego Luna? Is that his name? What's his name? No, Diego Luna's from Andor. Who, who am I? Th- what's like, what the fuck's this guy's name who plays his brother? In, not uh, Pedro, but the other guy, his brother. Um, yeah. Um, he was in Terminator. He was on the episode this week. I can't remember his name, though. He was in Terminator. He played Robbie, Robbie Reyes, uh, Ghost Rider in... Gabriel wow. Luna, yeah. Gabriel Luna, yeah, yeah. I knew it was Luna something. Yeah, you yeah. said you said Diego Luna. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, holy shit, that guy was in fucking Terminator. You're right. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Um, God, that movie's a pile of shit. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but uh, uh, although <laughs> Terminator with the the drapes when he's uh, doing the drapes was actually kind of funny. Drape salesman or whatever he was. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck did they think he doing that? Anyway, he's a great. Continue. He's a great. He was a great Ghost Rider though, and they were supposed to do a series with him. Um, they got canceled yep. during the whole Fox thing, but yeah, it was a great fucking Ghost Rider. Um, he was the Robbie Reyes one, which is the one after Johnny Blaze. He had the big charger that caught okay. caught flames and stuff. But it was pretty cool. I mean, wore like a weird jumpsuit type of thing. But. Um, so yeah, let's get into the news. Uh, let's get into Fat Fucks. Get a little bit of Taco Bell news. Oh, Taco Bell, bringing back the crispy wings that they had probably two years ago. I never, I don't think I ever tried them. Did you ever? I didn't even know. I didn't even know they had them. Yeah, they had them. Temp- they had like a limited, limited run on them. But they're bringing them back. Uh, kind of one of those things that they brought when they brought back the Anchorito, where the hell it was a couple of weeks ago that I tried. Yeah, um, good it's luck. one of those limited time things that you can get. I think at the end of the month. But this um, looks better than that. Um, so are they sauced or is, are they dry rubbed or dr- how do they, they come? They look like they're just breaded uh, with some sort of a taco seasoning. Yeah, <laughs> and it comes with yeah, a dipping sauce. Looks like. Almost looks like a queso or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, but they're gonna be they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be uh, Taco Bell. So uh, I'm going to be trying those. Um, also, this is kind of Taco Bell related because they have an exclusive with uh, Mountain Dew for the Baja Blast. Um, they're coming up with a limited edition Baja Blast um, flavored wing sauce. Um, I believe it's a hot sauce, actually. And uh, 
they're doing it during they're doing this uh, collaboration I think there's only seven to eight hundred bottles available but you can order them online if you look up Baja Blast uh, hot sauce huh. but they're turning the Mountain Dew into a hot sauce so I thought that was kind of interesting didn't, didn't Buffalo Wild Wings do something with Mountain Dew or yeah they had no, a Mountain Dew and they had a Doritos thing too yeah you had a mountain. They had a Mountain Dew flavor of something. I remember yeah. they had some some sort and of an exclusive. But they did have. The they Doritos, had a yeah. Doritos one, and then they put like the crushed chips on top. Yep. The uh, spice. I never tried the, them, but the sweet yeah. the sweet chili ones. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Which is all it was is they gave you a bag of sweet chili chips. I remember I ordered it once, and they gave me wings and said, "Hey, just put this on your chips." I was like, "Okay, I'll do it myself." Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that was it. That's it for Fat Fox News. Not much. Just a couple of Taco Bell notes I saw. Um. Let's get into what we watched. Uh, what we watched and listened to, actually, because uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is Pod Meets World, the podcast. Now, you said you've been caught up on this show pretty much for the most part. Yeah. You are? Yep. Okay, you've been listening to it every week. So this week, they brought in, finally, they're on season two. So they brought in... Thank the God. Actor, thank God. That's where it starts getting better for the fans. Um, they brought in the actor who played Mr. Turner, the new teacher in season two, played by Tony Quinn. Um... Notorious for being in there for two seasons and just randomly leaving with no explanation in the rest of the series, well, no reference. Like two and a half seasons. Two and a half seasons, yep. But uh, he came on to talk about his time on Boy Meets World. Um, I believe he had one little quick scene in Girl Meets World, which I have never seen, but it was him and Sean kind of having a uh, yes, a reunion of sorts at the we'll very last episode. We'll talk about Girl Meets World later. I've never seen it, so maybe we'll do a rewatch of that. But. uh but yeah, he auditioned to play Mr. Matthews in the first season, um, but it was inevitably cast in the second season instead as uh, Mr. Feeney's polar opposite, a young, cool, childlike teacher who ended up being a comic book nerd at the time. This is early 90s, so comic book craze was huge at the time with the, with all the cartoons on the Fox Network, the Spider-Man, the X-Men, so on and so forth. But... Yeah, he was the polar opposite of Mr. Feeney, and that's what they wanted for the show. They wanted an, uh, they wanted somebody to play off of him. So, um, They ended up aging everyone in Season 2. If you ever watched Boy Meets World, you realize the difference between Season 1 and Season 2 is Season 1 was a very kid-oriented show, elementary school, and they, and they aged them up in Season 2. They ended up getting rid of the character Minkus, who was the nerd character. Um, they aged them all up into junior high. And they all became more adult, and that's where the show kind of turned into a more adult, sexual themed, more um, more adult themes going going forward. Uh, of course, later seasons even more adult themes, but um, but there's there's been a little bit of a we'll talk about it at the end of here, but there's been a little bit of a uh, reason for that. Um, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, he was talking about why he left the show. He said uh, during the summer break between season three and four. He was fired over the phone. They said that we're not going to put you back for a whole season, but we'll bring you back to end your char character arc. And that's basically what happened. He came back for the third, uh, was it fourth season? He ended up getting in a motorcycle accident on the show, was in the hospital. Sean had his moment with him, and then he was never, ever, ever seen again. Never That even was referenced. one of my favorite episodes of all yes. time, too. It's one of the few that like gets you uh, emotionally involved in the show. Like... I've had times where I've rewatched that episode, and like I can feel my eyes kind of watering towards the end of it. Um, it's a very good episode. Yeah, there's no other uh, explanation other than the kids are going to high school, um, and they are, and they wanted a new aesthetic for the show again. They wanted to change. They wanted to grow again. 
show is ever growing. The only thing that ever stayed the same in this show was Mr. Feeney. If you ever really think about it, he was a teacher. He became a principal. Yeah. He became the dean, or he, what is, was he a dean in the college? I can't remember what happened there. Yeah. But, yep. So and yeah, like he, they completely changed Eric's character throughout yep. the show. Yeah, Eric. So I think was, that's. I mean, yeah. I think that's due to the theory. You've heard of the fan theory, right? Where the show is through Corey's eyes. So when he's like 12, he thinks Eric's the coolest guy ever. But as he ages up and grows, Eric's really just like a goofball. Um, So if you think about that theory, it kind of works. But I miss like cooler Eric, like seasons like one through three. Yep. Not dopey Eric. Yeah. Eric is very, very dopey towards the end. Becomes a, um, almost like a best friend to Mr. Feeney in a way. Or he wants to be his Mm. best, best friend. Um, yeah, very, very strange, very strange aesthetic to the show where it goes from the very beginning to the very end. It's, it's totally different. There's like three different versions of Boy Meets World. There's the elementary school, there's the junior high school, high school, and then there's the college years, which is yep. just completely different. But, um, but Michael Jacobs versus April Kelly was kind of hinted in this episode. It's been hinted through a lot. A lot of the writers that were around in Boy Meets World. They were in two camps. They were in the Michael Jacobs and April Kelly camp, both of the creators of the show. April Kelly ended up leaving the first season for reasons that she's she kind of says it's Michael Jacobs' fault. A lot of people say it's Michael Jacobs is an asshole, that he is very controlling, and he's also the one that wanted the more sexualized, more adult themes in the show, and April Kelly was trying to go for the more... Trying to trying to gradually see the kids growing up rather than jumping them right into sex ed, which is basically what happened in season two. Um, yeah. But that she left after se- after season two. In fact, they just, I don't know if you listened to the episode where they read her letter that she wrote because she didn't want to be on the show. She yep. didn't want to come on the show. Um, well, it ended up picking new, picking up on the news articles. Um, and she said, uh, one of the, co- one of the writers said that she was, um, that she was fired. She ended up being fired. Nobody knew the, the real reason, but she was fired because she they, she didn't fit in, is what they said. But, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's fucking it's fucking weird, but it's just the way the way TV shows work. And I guess Michael Jacobs is notorious from what from what they said was notorious for doing that on other shows, is taking over for the most part and running the shows on his own. But um, very interesting story and seeing these writers come on. There's a writer that came on this week that talked about it and. Um, she was she was on the April Kelly side and she was talking about how it was definitely a definitely a war between the two and then Michael yeah. Jacobs Michael even, Jacobs ended up winning when you, at the end. When you hear Eric, Sean, and Topanga talk about Michael J- Jacobs, they basically talk about how he's an asshole without talking yeah. about how he's an asshole. Like you can hear it like yeah. that they did not agree with a lot of the direction of the show, um, as far as like teens and their sexuality at the time. Yeah, they're very they're very cringe about it. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. It's, I mean, it's also a completely different world than it was in 1993, which we'll get to that when we talk about fucking that 90s show. Yep. Um, but yeah, a couple more news articles that came out about Boy Meets World this week. Um, Williams Daniels, who plays Mr. Feeney's wife, opened up. She had a I think she has a book coming out, opening about how how they uh, had an open marriage in the beginning. Um, and there was affairs, and they've been married for 72 years. I think he's in his 90s, and she's in early 90s or late 80s. But they yeah, were both she's on like the show. And he's like 92. Yeah, uh, she yeah. was on the show with him uh, during the end. She was uh, she was the wasn't she the dean of the college? 
What was she in the yes, college? Yes, she was. She was the dean. dean. And um, also, the thing about that is most actors and actresses or whoever that got married in the time when, which they got married, which was probably the 50s, yeah. um, they would have open relationships because uh, George Feeney, uh, what's his name? He, uh, William Daniels. He was still a stage. Yeah, he was still a stage actor yeah. at the time. So yeah. he wouldn't see her for six to eight months at a time. Yeah. So a lot of them, like Frank Sinatra talked about that um Every time he was married, it was always going to be an open relationship because of that reason. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was on there. And then the other thing that I noticed uh, came came out in news today that um, Adam Scott's going to be on Monday's episode of Pod Meets World. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that. Yep. He yeah. he was in what Griff. after the, th- the Griff? He play- was in a third season. He was in four episodes. Yeah, four, four episodes, episodes yeah. I think. But he took he took over he took over for um, Harley Kiner when Harley Kiner left. Um, he he was the uh, Bully, leader, weird, preppy he wasn't, bully. Think about him, though. Is he wasn't a bully. He was just a cool kid that yeah. the bullies had to latch on to because he was popular. Yeah. And yeah. he didn't really want them around. Um, but I really can't wait. The episode I'm waiting for is when Frankie comes on. Yep. Um, yeah, Because Topanga said that all the bullies, Frankie, Harley, and Joey are all going to be on. So I cannot wait for those episodes. The kid who played Joey, he was also in Salute Your Shorts. Do you remember that show? Yep. Oh, yeah, of was, course I remember that show. Yeah, he was, on, show. Yeah, was on. He was on that too. Um, so yeah, uh, recommended that podcast. It's great. Rewatched it right now on the season two, episode four, I think. But um, definitely worth uh, worth if you liked that show when you were growing up in the nineties, or if you watch it now, if you've watched it in the last twenty years, it's uh, on reruns or Disney Plus. Worth getting into. They break down a lot of behind the scenes stuff, like we mentioned, and. Um, where their kind of mindset was at the time, where it is now doing this rewatch now. Uh, Ryder Strong, Ryder Strong had never seen, who played Sean Hunter, and had never seen an episode up until this rewatch. Yeah, um, he, he saw he, a handful when he, during season one, when he was on the show. Yeah. And he couldn't stand looking himself, at himself, which yeah. I understand. I can understand it's, it too. It's tough yeah. for me to, it's tough for you to listen back to the podcast and like, yeah. like it's just weird seeing yourself, hearing, your, hearing yourself, like, yeah. yeah. But yeah, recommend that podcast. Uh, it's a good rewatch uh, podcast. So, but the big thing that we watched was a couple of things. We're gonna talk about the two things first before the big thing. Um, I started watching Night Court the reboot. Um, <laughs> I'm going to recommend that nobody watch this because it does not touch the first one, and it was boring as hell. It was not funny. Um, you realize how great that first one is with the actors that were in it. Uh, Harry Stone. Um, who was played by Harry Anderson, the original judge? You had you had the uh, you had Bull, yeah. You, you had John Larroquette was in this one too, but um, John Larroquette by himself without the rest of the ensemble from the original is kind of watered down and weird. And the girl who who was in Big Bang Theory, who's the lead, who plays Harry's daughter in this, she's just not Harry, and uh, you can tell it's not it's not good. Um, it did get really good ratings, which we'll talk about when we get into news, but uh, I don't think that's going to last because I am i can't see anybody that liked that first one really liking this one long, going going in long term, but uh, we'll see. I highly doubt it, though. Um, the other thing that we watched, I watched a couple episodes last night and I haven't been able to get into any more of it. Well, you mentioned it before, that 90s show premiered on yes. Netflix, the, the yes. sequel series to that 70s show. With most of the actors coming back, uh, a couple of surprises so far. Um, very first episode, you saw Eric, you saw Donna, you saw Kelso, and you saw um, Mila Kunis. Yep. 
Um, very cool. Very awesome. Uh, I told you it was awesome, and you said, well, it's okay, and then you got into the Kelso episode, the end of the Kelso episode. Oh, yeah, now I know why you said it was awesome. It was really yeah. good. And, and um, uh, to, to me, it suffers from, I mentioned earlier, uh, it, it suffers from the same issue that Girl Meets World has, where the kids just aren't as good of actors yeah. as, the, as the original cast. That's one thing. And also, how far did you get? Two episodes? Two episodes in, yeah. With, uh, well, the, the, one third, end, she, the uh, third end... Okay, the third ends with a sexual assault. Oh, God. Um, as a joke. Um, well, like, that's the thing is, like, I'm watching this show, and I'm like, if this episode happened in the 90s, like, if I was watching it in 1998, and the same thing played out, I wouldn't have thought about it as yeah. sexual assault. But in today's understanding of how everyone gets canceled for stupid shit, like, yeah, she makes out with somebody who's unwilling is kind of an unwilling partner. So technically it's sexual assault, but it was also kind of funny and I just let it go. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm four episodes in and we're going to review it next week and I can't wait to talk about yep. it. We're going to get into that and hopefully if I have time this week, the bear. Um, which oh, and there's also, yeah, you're going to have time for that because it took me four hours to watch yesterday. Okay. Um, also, there is another guest star in episode three and four. Oh, the end of episode. Um, the end of episode two. There was a guest star too. Um, okay, so you, you I can't remember because I watched. You find, out like, who the, yeah. you find out who the boyfriend of the neighbors is. Okay, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's Fez. Yeah, <laughs> I'll spoil and it he's awesome. It's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome in episode three. He's great. He's bas- it's basically there's always that one character of the '90s sitcoms that you had Urkel in Family Matters. You had. You had the guy um, that beat up his wife and step by step. Yep, uh, uh, the guy uh, I can't remember his name. You're right about him. I want to um, say Shia LaBeouf, but it's not him. You had Screech from from uh, Say by the Bell, and you had you had Fez from that '70s yep. show, the iconic. And uh, yeah, in that '90s show, would it be uh, the Lloyd character? Since I just watched Entourage. They made a gay Maybe. Asian kid. Maybe. Uh, so I'll, I'll say it's the Lloyd character in this show. I don't know his name on the show, but I'm just going to call him Lloyd. Yep. It could be, but we'll see. I haven't watched it all, but we'll, we'll, review, we'll review that next week with uh, the bear, the bear too. We'll do a full review of that. Or I will, because you've already done that. But, um, but the big thing that premiered on Sunday, the big thing, Last oh. of Us, Episode 1. Oh, my God. This show... Okay, I, I have a question. First yeah. off, before we get into this, did you play the game? Not all, not only did I play, I didn't play the full game back in the day. I gave up okay. after I, di- I kept dying trying to get into a building. But I did start playing it this week after this episode. So I, okay. I, I'm i not caught up yet, but I was going to try to cu- catch up each week to the point of the show. where Because the show is very close to the game. Very well, close to the game. If you want to do that, just watch the cutscenes on youtube okay well no i'll, I'll just but, play because i wanted to play it so but honestly i think it would be better for this podcast to have somebody that didn't play it versus somebody that did play it and compare the show but okay. if you want to play it go for it because it's a fucking great game probably what i'll do is i'll watch the episode sunday and then i'll play through until friday when we record and then i'll okay. get my reaction because that's kind of what i did this week i watched the episode went back and played the beginning of the game which we'll tell you right now, the very beginning of the show and the very beginning of the game is identical. Yeah. Scene for yep. scene. Amazing. Same shots. Same shots, same dialogue, same everything. Um, the casting in this is perfect. We'll get into Pedro Pascal, but fuck. My, my God. He Ellie is, is great. Ellie is great. Joel is great. Yes. 
we talk about we talk about movie stars. We talked about I, I mentioned Tom Cruise is a movie star. We, Brad Pitt is a movie star. You give Pedro Pascal the right role, he is a fucking star right up on there. Right up on there. Oh yeah, he is an iconic actor who can act anything. He's done every 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 different genre you can think of, from comedies to drama to sci-fi. He's done it all, and he's and he's only been doing it for. We've only known him since Game of Thrones. His his role in Game of Thrones is he's still. A top five character from that yeah. show. Um, that season four with him is just incredible. Yeah. And yeah, he's awesome. Unfortunately, he did Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. And that's the only time I've seen him where I didn't care for his performance. But also the rest of the movie is trash. Yeah. So I blame that on the writing. Yeah, that's not his fault. Um, yeah. But very beginning, you see a quick scene set in 1960s archival footage. And you see John Hanna, who was in The Mummy... He's in Agents of Shield. He played the he played the brother of um, uh, Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss, who was uh, the lead in uh, the Mummy. Um, he he it was him, Brendan Fraser, and Rachel Weiss who were the three main in that movie. In those two movies, movie three, I think he may have been the third one too. But uh, he was in this too. He played a doctor who ended up talking in the nineteen sixties about this uh, about this way that fungi could take over the world being very brooding, very uh, dramatic about it, and sure enough, that's exactly what happens in the show, in the game. Uh, Fungi takes over and, and create this zombie-like uh, trance in people, and it's, uh, yeah, that's how it starts. Um, beginning of it, set 20 years ago in t- uh, 2003, Joel whips out a Nokia phone, the same exact one I used to have. Um, same exact you had case. a Nokia? I sure did, same exact case. No uh, shit. Yeah, I had one down in Florida. Um, same exact case I had, same exact phone. Um, but yeah, shot for shot opening of the game. I played the game this week, so I can vouch for that. I've actually seen side by sides too. Um, My question di- is dialogue. I I couldn't remember is uh, so they skipped twenty years to make it twenty twenty three. In yep. the game, it's only ten years, right? Yes, because it 10. came out in two thousand thirteen. Oh, okay, so that's the ma- that's the only quote unquote major change they made. Yep. Um, set in Boston in the beginning. Um, he go the, the beginning of the episode set in Texas. Somehow he gets to Boston. I don't know if that's explained in the game of how he got there. Um, he's losing. He's lost touch with his brother, who uh, he ended up uh, in the very beginning of the episode. If you haven't seen it, his he, him and his daughter escape from zombies in their neighborhood. Um, they're trying to find their way out of the city. They end up getting lost and a whole bunch of shit. We're not going to spoil it right now, but uh, we I suggest I've suggested to everybody I've talked to to watch it. Um, it's uh, it's an awesome show. Um, only in one episode, it was an awesome show. It was almost a double episode. Um, very good. I'm looking forward to it every every week. I think ten episodes. I heard. Um, so yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, and I'm gonna play try to play the game along with it. I think the game I, I heard was only fifteen or sixteen hours. So if I play it's, four. It's hours, a quick one. It, yeah. It's a quick one. Yeah. Yeah. If I play four hours a week, I should be able to get through. Or two hours a week, I should be able to get through it. I hope. I'm slow. I'm slow at games. I like to explore a lot, but we'll see. Um, did you watch anything else? Because that's pretty much all. I know. I know. I've had a busy week. I know you've had a really busy week. So that's pretty much all I've done. I uh, I've been rewatching uh, Six Feet Under. Okay. Um, as you know, my mother has recently passed away, and when I was at the funeral home, it felt like an episode of Six Feet Under, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've been meaning to rewatch that anyways, and I absolutely love that show. It's uh, it's a dark comedy, I guess, where each episode opens up with somebody dying, and then the funeral home like dealing with their personal stuff along with getting 
that person taken care of and then it always ends like at the funeral or at the wake um it's an excellent show and still the best serious finale i have ever seen um That's funny. i've heard that i've heard that before um it's on so the good podcast. And the whole thing is, like, you think it's about the two brothers that take over the funeral home. Their father was the first one to die in the show in the first episode. He owns the funeral home. He's running it with his son. And his other son, who left the house when he was, like, 18, to move up to... It takes place in Los Angeles. He moved up to to Washington State, to Seattle area. Comes back home and ends up embracing the family business. Um, but the whole show is really about their younger sister and what it was like for her to grow up in the funeral home. Cause she's much younger than those two and uh because she's in high school and they're in the like their mid-20s and uh it's it's really good it's okay. not like a huge like like when you watch breaking bad it's like you watch the end and you're like i need to see what happens in the next episode it's not one of those shows okay um so you can bang out like one or two and not be like required to watch like six hours of television okay it's uh it's it's good but that's pretty much all i've been watching yep cool yeah uh yeah, it's been it's been busy. Winter is hard for me, and like you mentioned, you've had a busy week with funerals and stuff and mm-hmm. weeks. So. Um, so yeah, let's get into the news. And it's not a news segment without the trailer roundup. I'm using a trackpad tonight. I actually like it better. Um, yeah, no clicking. No clicking. Uh, I should have done this a while ago. I've had this trackpad since I bought this computer last <laughs> year. Um, Monday Night Football. We had the uh, we had the wild card last week, and the Mandalorian trailer was released. The Mandalorian yes. season three trailer, or the full trailer, was released. A lot of cool shots in it, but the one big shot that was released was the. Was the scene where Anakin is looks like he's breaking into the Jedi Temple? It's a flashback scene with Baby Yoda. Whole bunch of yep. Jedi are protecting him. Everybody's talking about that scene. A lot of a lot of other cool scenes in that trailer. Um, looking forward to this. Comes out March first. Uh, they uh, they they better have a wrap up to explain why Baby Yoda is back with the Mandalorian. Because say you're watching the Mandalorian, you end of season two, he leaves with Luke, um, and then you are like, all right. Book about fit. I'm gonna watch this, and then you start watching it, and you're you not a diehard Star Wars fan, and you give up yeah. before Grogu ends back with the Mandalorian. Because yeah. um, the best episodes of that show were basically Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. So, um, hopefully, I mean, I'm sure they'll do a quick recap of that. Um, but I cannot wait for this show. Yeah, me neither. Um, looking forward to that. And Ahsoka. I think that comes out this year too. Oh, uh, I but, uh, yeah, I can't wait for Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Mando, the Mando trailer looks cool. Um, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy. They've released a full trailer to that as well. The game that comes out on February 10th on uh, PlayStation and Xbox, all the big console uh, systems. Um, open world Hogwarts, uh, Harry Potter set probably hundred years ago. I guess I'm not really yep. sure the timeline of that. But uh, you go yeah, to it's Hogwarts. Like Knights of the Old Republic. Kind of, yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you you go to Hogwarts, you you go there, and you pretty much become a student. That's what the whole game is about. And there's, there's a whole bunch of cutscenes that they showed. It was really it looked really cool. Um, I wanna I wanna maybe get that when it comes out a month from now. But uh, today, I, I know you're in a Cobra Kai. They released the uh, season six trailer, which they, re- they yes. revealed would be the final season on Netflix. Um, I'm happy about that because uh, they left. It was kind of a cliffhanger, like we're gonna continue the show, but it wasn't picked up right away after season five so i'm just glad they're going to be given the time to or they were given the time because now it's official and it's 
already been released the trailer and everything um that they can think things through and actually give it an ending and it won't end open-ended right so cool um and yesterday the first trailer or the uh full trailer to scream six came out um yep. set in new oh, york by the way it's going to be hayden pentair she'll be a killer just okay. Throwing that out there. Okay. We'll uh, mark but, that. Uh, <laughs> we'll mark that down and and see how I feel about it in a month and a half from now. Okay. But uh, can't can wait for this. Yeah. Can I tell you? Yeah, I'm I'm actually excited after watching this trailer. I wasn't excited because yeah. there there wasn't going to have Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. And you're not you're not the biggest Scream fan anyway, so I understand. I'm, I'm the biggest Scream one fan. I'm not a biggest. Okay. I'm not the biggest fan of every other one after it. I love the well, first one. One, two, three was trash. One, two were good. Three was trash. Four was decent. I really enjoyed five. Five um, was good. We saw it in the so, theater last year. Yeah, yeah, five is basically a fan fan fiction of a scream, and yeah. so I loved it. And Jack Quaid. God damn it! I really wish they didn't fuck Kevin Williamson over with his idea for Scream Three. Um, I don't think he was the writer on that one. He was for one, two, and four, but his idea was to bring back uh, Randy and have him be a killer. Hmm. And so that's another rumor that Randy might pop up in this movie. Uh, we'll see. I don't think it'll happen, but his niece and nephew, right, are on the show, so are on the mm. are in Scream Five. So mm. we'll see. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that was it for trailers. Let's get into the news. Uh, Last of Us premiered to 4.7 million U.S. viewers. That makes it the uh, HBO's second biggest debut in 13 years, um, only behind uh, House of Dragons. Um, so yeah, it was huge. Um, I think this is going to be one of those uh, Walking Dead, Game of Thrones shows to get bigger and bigger as more audience comes in and hears about it. I know this week everybody's talking about it. Every podcast, yeah. every show, every people that <laughs> people that didn't know anything about the game are talking about it, seeing it and seeing how great it was. Did so. you uh, see the interview with Pedro Pascal where he was talking about how he can't wait because he fights the clickers and he named like three or four different things. Then to the end, end of the interview he goes... Notice how I didn't say zombies, because <laughs> yeah. they, they're told not to say the word zombies. Yeah, yeah, because they are. But that's basically what they are. Yeah, they're cl- yeah. they click a lot, so uh, that's coming up soon. Um, but yeah, everybody, critics and audiences are loving it. Um, it's the number one show on IMDb, nine point five stars, putting it ahead of Breaking Bad, which is yeah. right up there. So I mean, we're only one episode in, so we'll see how the show goes. I I, have, I haven't played the game. I know you have. So it's actually good. That's you're right. That's actually good that we have one kind of uh, unknown and one known because you know how the story goes. If it's going to be the same or not. So, yeah, um, looking forward to that every week. So, um, also the actor who played his daughter, in uh, who played Joel's daughter, uh, she was the uh, daughter of the uh, woman who's in uh, Westworld. I don't know her name. Uh, I can't even pronounce it. Panty Newton or something. I don't know. She's but yeah, she yeah. is her daughter. I was why I was wondering why she looked familiar. It's because she is her daughter. She looks almost identical to her. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything about the backstory of Joel and his uh, and, and the daughter or anything. Is that explained in the games eventually? Uh, no, not really. The mother, nothing about um, the mother, nothing. The in the game, the daughter's like white. Yes. Yes. Like, so, I mean, they don't really explain much other than that he had a daughter, and then he meets uh, Ellie, who is the same age as his daughter, who died 10 years previous. Yeah. In the show, it's 20 years previous. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, we talked about Night Quarter. I did the two episode premiere that happened. I only got about halfway through the first episode, but uh, did one uh, one rating, which wow. Uh, which if nowadays, you're bailing on it, that, that's not good if you're bailing on it. Yeah, because I love Night Court. Night Court is yeah. one of my favorite shows of all time. I've seen the whole entire series, every epi- episode. I watched it about 15 years ago. It was, uh, I think it was airing. I, back when we had DVRs, I DVR'd every episode and watched it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 trash. And uh, it did it did end up having a one rating, which nowadays is a good rating. Back in the day, you would have been canceled with a one but nowadays it's it's a great and a lot of people are watching it on uh, on Peacock streaming next day. So I, it it was the uh, best number since uh, the Connors premiered on ABC in 2018. So I I don't see that going. I I can't see an audience staying with the show. Um, but we'll see. The second episode dipped to a point nine. So uh, there's at least one point. There was like point one people left the first after the so first to the second. That's so. about a hundred thousand, give yep. or take. Yeah, give or take. So, um, Avatar: Way of Water surpassed Spider-Man: No Way Home as becoming the sixth biggest film of all time worldwide. Yep. Uh, I, I don't doubt James Cameron. I I gotta tell you, between you and I, I don't know anybody else who's seen this movie. Here's the thing. I was about to say the same thing. Um, well, I much preferred Avatar 2 to Avatar 1. Um, I don't hear any buzz about it from anyone else outside of like film podcasts and stuff like that yeah. where they they all Once... seem they all seem to love it. Uh, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a fun experience. I'll definitely get the 4K when it comes out. But at the same time, like is James Cameron just buying up all the tickets himself? It's just, it's just a strange. I don't know any. I don't know anybody else besides you and I that's seen. It. I really don't like. I yeah. I, I don't. I, I, I've I've heard it on podcasts, like you said. I've heard people that would that you would expect to see it. But other than that, I haven't heard any. I haven't heard anybody. I haven't heard anything besides that of, of people like, seeing this movie. For instance, when I saw Infinity War, there were people that didn't even watch more than four or five Marvel films. Yep. That were loving Infinity War. Yep. And talking about absolutely it. loving it and, and talking about it online. So it's just, it's weird, because, yeah, um, I, I liked Avatar 2. It was not the greatest thing ever, but I enjoyed it. I liked the the transition from 24 frames to 48 frames when they're in the water. Um, technically speaking, I like technical stuff like that. But, like, I just, yeah, I don't know anyone that's seen it besides me, you, Chris. But, like, I don't see anyone talking about it, like, at right. all. Like, I see nothing on Facebook. Last Jedi came out and people were praising it on Facebook for fuck's sake. Like, and the numbers and the numbers is doing you'd expect like it's it's doing the Titanic numbers. Do you remember when Titanic came out and everybody was talking about Titanic? Everyone. Yeah. It was a water cooler yeah. movie. It was a water cooler movie where everybody would go to the water cooler, talk about it at work the next day, and they would they would be seeing it weekly. And that number would grow rapidly because of that. This is doing the same exact yep. thing, but without the water cooler talk. Like, where the hell is it coming from? Yeah, I'm I'm pointing to conspiracy on this too. I think James Cameron is <laughs> buying fucking tickets. There's something weird going on because it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I can't, especially unless, because we all know Cameron doesn't give a fuck about his money because he's fucking gave all his money on Titanic so that he could finish the movie. They wanted yeah. to get rid of the movie and can it, and he, he was and he gave up his entire salary. He doesn't give any. He doesn't care about money, but God, he's got a fucking ego. He yeah. is got, once once he proved everyone wrong, he pretty much rubbed it in their faces like but, "fuck you, assholes." I did this, and I'm making billions. Not for of nothing. Dollars. 
if there's any director outside of Spielberg that should have an ego, it's James Cameron. Yeah. Because he's never really put out a shit movie. Yeah. So there's that. Touche. But yeah, I wasn't a fan. Um, but yeah, it did, it did beat uh, it did beat uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. Um, it also became the highest-grossing pandemic movie, which I didn't know we're still in pandemic because you couldn't tell by where you go nowadays. But um, yeah, yeah highest-grossing pandemic since the pandemic uh, beat that. So um, they released a picture of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, Will Poulter's Adam Warlock this week. Um, EW released a photo of him, full photo of him as Adam Warlock. Um, the guy fucking got jacked for this. If you've ever seen um, We Are the Millers, holy fuck, he's totally different. He's a, he's a little yeah. twink in that, and this is totally different. He's jacked up. He was also 21 when he filmed that, and now he's like 29, 30, yeah, probably. Yeah. Almost but yeah, he, be. He, uh, he definitely got jacked. Um, Thunderbolts, filming in June, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is talking about she wants to be able to fight in this movie. She wants to be, she plays Val, uh, kind of the leader of the Thunderbolts is what they're hinting to, and she wants to, uh, she wants to be able to be in a fight scene. So, we can see, uh, we can see, uh, her fighting. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Um, also announced this week, third season of Ted Lasso is coming out in the spring. Looking forward to that. I love Ted Lasso season one and two. Um, Brett Goldstein as Roy Kent is one of my favorite characters on TV. Unfortunately, Ted Lasso's too feel good of a story to have Nate die. Because if there's any character I've ever wanted to die more, there isn't. I want Nate talk to die. About, fuck him. Talk, but there's going to be a redemption stories. So yeah. fuck Nate. Yeah, talk about a character arc. He was a little unknown. Um, kind of a like a towel boy in the very beginning of the show, and now he's become the rival to Ted Lasso. He's gone up in the ranks. It's crazy this arc. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso, it's on it's on Apple TV Plus. Not a lot of people have that, unless you're an Apple guy like I am. Uh, not a lot of people have that, but it's worth getting into. It's an awesome show. Um, the writers are great. The writing, the comedy is amazing. The if, actors are amazing. If you buy if you buy an Apple product, you get like six months free. Yeah, if you buy a new phone, so. you buy an Apple TV. You do get you do get the the the, uh, the uh, subscription for free for six months, so it's worth getting, um, worth getting into that. Um, yeah, so season three coming out in the spring, so can't wait for that. Um, that '90s show talked about it. There was a huge Clev uh, Kevin Smith clerks uh, Easter egg in the what was the second second episode, the first episode. Yeah, it's the entire driving force of the episode. Driving force of the episode, and Kevin Smith actually reacted to it. He loved it. Um, he, I guess he was watching it or somebody told him about it and he ended up watching it, but he loves I'm everybody. I'm sure he got he, a million he loves, tweets. He loves everybody talking about him. So he's, he's all Kevin yeah. Smith. I mean, all of his movies are about him. So he loves, he loves yep. shit about him. So he loved it. Um, Steven Spielberg is developing a John Williams documentary. We've been talking about doing a John Williams retrospect and we may want to wait a few, a few months, a few years for this and wait for this documentary to come out and do that. I heard that Steven Spielberg is just attached. He's not directing. Okay. Uh, he might maybe. just be producing, yeah. uh, but the direction is not so sure. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Whoever directs it, if Spielberg is involved in any way, it's gonna be done right. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear his life story um, and all the movies and, it'll and probably TV be shows on Disney Plus. I'm guessing. Yeah, probably it's gotta be. Yeah, I didn't. Look, I didn't read the article. I never read the articles. I just get the headlines. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. it's it's gotta <laughs> it's gotta be. Um, I put this picture on there, Kevin. What's that picture of? Uh, that would be the clock tower in Back the to the Future. Yeah, it's the clock tower from 
Back to the Future. And also in Back <laughs> I was going to say the, the town hall or police station in Back to the Future 2 is made out yep. of a clock tower. But yeah. Yeah. Universal Studios ripped it down. That's why I played this song. Um, yeah, Go Universal fuck yourself, Stu- Universal. Yeah, Universal Studios. They're 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 changing everything. If we if we went to Universal Studios now, when was the last time you went to the Universal Studios in Orlando? Nineties. Nope, four years ago. Oh, you went four years ago. So you've you've seen the changes. I think it was about four. It might have been five years ago. I haven't been in twenty years, or maybe almost fifty. Yeah. Maybe maybe almost twenty years. I'm uh, going back in March. I know a lot has changed. I know um, I know Back to the Future is gone. It's the Simpsons ride now. I know uh, yep. Terminator is gone. I know there's a lot of stuff that was gone that I used to love. Um, the same with Disney too. But but Universal has completely changed. You, the Jaws the Jaws ride's you gone. Did, you did the uh, Back to the Future ride, right? Or uh, no? Done it multiple times. Okay, yeah. good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and, and we'll never see it again. If you go online on YouTube, that's the only way you'll be able to see it. You can see the full ride. And there, but. also, it's on one of the Blu-rays. It's on the Blu-ray, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. on uh, one of the Blu-ray, Blu-ray releases. Yeah, but they, they tore down the clock tower. So I guess you can't save the clock tower anymore. It sucks. Um, cool. The boys. 1004. <laughs> the boys won a uh, Visual Effects uh, Society Award for, or the nominee for Outstanding Visual Effects for the Giant Penis <laughs> episode at what? the very beginning. What What is a Society Award? I have no Who idea. Who votes on that? I, the Society. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Well, Zack Snyder should have won everything because he's so popular. Yep. Go on. Uh, Anton Fuqua, Fuqua, whatever. Um, Fuqua. Fuqua. Is, he's uh, <laughs> set to direct a Michael Jackson biopic for Lionsgate. Um, this is going to be very divisive. Not only no that, matter but... matter how it's played out. It is... It is um, the family of Michael Jackson is standing behind it. The music of Michael Jackson is going to be in it. Um, but they're saying they're not going to... They're not going to brush things under the rug. They're going to talk about everything, including the child sex stuff that happened in the 90s. I'm sure it'll be a positive spin on it where it didn't happen. But, uh, th- yeah, it's going to be a Michael Jackson di- biopic talking about his life. Who? I'm not sure I'm not sure where who it's going to be. Who do you cast as Michael Jackson? And, and is it going to be set Michael Jackson whole entire life? Or are you going to cast three different people? Because you have the little black Michael Jackson kid. You have Older black... black. You have black Michael Jackson kid, and then you have the white woman Michael Jackson from the 90s and the 2000s before he died. Yeah. So you have three different actors that you can cast in that role. I mean, um, well, I mean, all that can be done. All the white stuff can be done with the adult Michael Jackson with makeup easily. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this is going to be a very, very difficult project for for Antoine Fuqua to adapt. Yeah. And for whoever plays Michael Jackson might have a more difficult time than whoever plays the next Superman. It's gonna be tough. Um, yeah, because, yeah. That voice, yeah. <laughs> the voice, the songs, the way he acts around people—not just kids, just people in general. Um, yeah, I, it's very. Strange. I hope they do it more like uh, Elvis or more like uh, Rocket Man, and less like the movie about Queen, where they actually require the person to sing correctly on pitch on note. Um, I'm hoping for that. 
But I've also, you never know. It, it all depends on who they cast as Michael I've also, Jackson. I've also heard it could be something like um, the Steve Jobs movie where it's in a day in the life of, of, some, of him. And they okay. just do flashbacks, which would be kind of cool if they did it that way. Um, day in the life of Michael, maybe on the day that he's going to die or a day that something happens to him. Or maybe yep. a day. That would work. Know. Yeah, something like that would work. A day in the life where they go in the flashbacks of his life. Um, it, would yeah, be, I, I it would be easier It would be easier to digest if they did it, it yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they announced a sequel to Megan. Have you you didn't see that this week, did you? Probably didn't. No, yeah, I hope yeah. to get to it on Sunday or Monday. Okay. Um, had a lot of stuff going on right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I kind of figured uh, it <laughs> But I can't wait to see it. I'm yeah, it's being pra- it's being praised like crazy. I kind of want to see it too, but I'm gonna watch it when it's, it comes out. I've heard it's not really a horror movie. Like it's more of like a yeah. psychological deal with the AI taking over. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for to see it. It's like Chucky meets Terminator. That's basically yeah. what it is. So, uh, yeah, they announced they yeah. announced a sequel coming out in January, two years from now. So, uh, I mean, yeah. the newest the newest Chucky with uh, Mark Hamill is very similar to the concept of Megan, okay. uh, where it's an AI bot versus a demon possessed fucking child toy. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Um, Channing Tatum's been on a uh, on a World War World Wind tour talking about something. I don't know what movie he's doing, but um, he, this week he talked about how much he hated. It's G. not I. Gambit. Joe. Yeah, it's not Gambit. R.I.P. <laughs> Gambit. Um, he hated uh, G.I. Joe. He hated filming it so much that he tried to he tried he turned it down seven times. And he tried to be kill, He has to be killed off in the second one. I think he was killed off within the first. Yeah, ten five minutes. minutes. It, five it's, minutes. It's the first. It's the first scene of the movie. Yep. But he has to be killed off because he didn't want to be in the sequel. But he, but he ended up doing it anyway. Um, but he also announced this week that he has the rights to the movie Ghost, the old movie with um, with uh, fuck uh, Demi Moore and oh my god, I can't think of his Patrick name. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. I'm looking right at his fucking face too. Um, he has a he has the rights to Ghost and he wants to remake it. Um, he says we're gonna do something different, um, something that's gonna be more uh, more not more woke, I guess. I don't know. Um, I I have a question for you. Yeah. How do you feel about Channing Tatum as an actor? As an actor, he's he's great in comedies. And that's okay. it. I think. As but an he actor, also works. He also works off of people better too. Like he works off Joe Hill in those. One hundred percent. But as an actor, he has grown a lot since his first couple of years. Uh, but he's perfect in comedies when he can work off somebody else like Jonah Hill. Like the Twenty One Jump Street yeah. movies, um, I think Tatum's a, and actually he's a good actor at this point in his career. Uh, when he was first cast as Gambit, not, yeah. but he has definitely grown and gotten better. There's two things he can do: he can act in comedies, and he can dance. Yep, that's that's he's good. That's all, he's good for rom. That's all I, I see mean. Right it's, now. I mean, it's in the name, but rom coms, romantic yep. comedies, and comedies he's good in. I do. Oh, that's what he's promoting. He's he's promoting that new movie with um, Jennifer Lopez. That one that remember that trailer? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The one yep. where they're at a wedding and all of a sudden like a whole that movie's actually getting yeah. a lot of praise right now. But I think I also yep. think it's getting shit too. So I'm not sure what to think about it. It's Jennifer Lopez, but um, Tatiana Ali, who is in the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air in the '90s, she's going to be in season two of uh, Fresh Prince. Um, Good. I like that show a lot. Yeah, uh, you should probably it. watch it. 
Okay, never seen you the first season yet. Uh, before the season two comes out, you should watch the first season. Okay. And we can talk about second season on the podcast or even review the first season. Yeah. Uh, I liked it because it, it's a dramatic take. And the original one always lended itself to dramatic takes because of the subject subject yes. matter. Yeah. Um, and I really, I am enjoying, once you get used to the different actors in their roles, it's actually a pretty good show. This next movie I'm extremely excited about, and it's the it's the most anticipated Matt Reeves movie I have on my list of Matt Reeves movies in the next five years. Um, Rami Malek is in talks to play Buster Keaton in a Matt Reeves-produced series developed at Warner Brothers. Uh, Buster Keaton is right up there along um, along Charlie Chapman in the in the early silent film days. Uh, Buster Keaton was uh, one of those guys who used to throw himself into his film films and uh, a lot of special effects in his uh, in his uh, antics um, and, and if you look at him and Buster Keaton the side by side picture I have on here they almost look identical yep so uh, the issue with this is what does that mean for the Batman sequel well he's producing he's, mean- he's producing it he may direct some of the episodes but he is only producing it I heard he was writing it also yes he's writing it now um, but yeah I don't know but like he's got to be so busy with the bat. You would think he'd be so busy with the Batman, they yeah. wouldn't have time to take on a project like this. And that's that. That's what worries me. But he also works with his writing partner on the right. Batman, so maybe he came up with the story for the Batman too, and handed it off. So the other guy goes and writes it, and then he makes notes or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, this should be a great project, and Remy Malik is perfect for the role. Yeah, yeah, I I can't wait. I think. Uh... I love silent movies. I got into it recently with uh, the Chapman Chapman movie with um, with Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it just it's just a, it's just a great. And we watched a documentary last year. I think that was on uh, Showtime is, or one of those. Is Robert Downey Jr. at the point where he's so famous I can just call him Junior and people know who I'm talking about? No, because because if you say Junior, I'm just gonna go Junior from uh, Untouchables with with Sean Connery. See, so I don't think anyone else would go to that. Well, that's not. It wasn't Untouchables. That's uh, that's Indiana Jones. What am I okay. saying? Untouchables. But, okay. Yeah. yeah, Indiana Jones. But yeah. Sean I was gonna say. Also, didn't remember Sean Connery was in Untouchables. Was uh, he? yeah. Oh, yeah. You bring a knife to a gunfight. The whole entire scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, Aaron. Paul I was thinking is... about Unbreakable, but go on. Yep. Um, Aaron Paul is returning as Jesse Pinkman in uh, the Breaking Bad. Things are doing for the Super Bowl ads that uh, that uh, Walter White is coming back for as well. Um, they released a little Yay. teaser of it this week for those popcorner Super Bowl ad chips or whatever the hell they're doing. Um, they also announced this yesterday, actually, that a Tron 3 is coming out in development. Uh, coming out of for de- uh, development hell is what they said. Um, starring Jared Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto's got to be one of the most overrated actors. Do you agree? He is hashtag not my joker. Not my Joker. Everything I've seen him in, I haven't been impressed. No, I, I haven't seen movies. Fucking, he's a great actor. It's just that he has chosen some shit roles. Maybe. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, but yeah, I think he's a very good actor. I don't think he's been in the right movies. And Morbius didn't help anything. No. Which I haven't seen. Because all I hear is shit. Um... 
All new season of South Park season 26 comes out in February in Comedy Central. I want to bring that up. They released a uh, they released a little trailer of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Once and Always, a kind of two hour special movie that they're doing on Netflix. Um, most most of the cast is old Rangers coming back. Um, they they tease that a Green Ranger will be there. Um, I don't think that Jason David Frank filmed it because I think he said he was retired from the character, unless he did a secret cameo that they haven't announced. Um, but they t- did tease that the Green Ranger was taking off his mask in the movie, so maybe he did secretly film something. And they just... Is uh, is this the one where uh, Kimberly is not a part of? Yeah, Kimberly is not a part of it. She was. She oh, said yeah. that she was never asked to be a part of it. She would have if uh, if she want, if they reached out to her. But um, but Walter, the guy who played the Black Ranger in the first iteration, he's coming back. He hasn't been in Power Rangers since he had a falling out with him in the nineties when they recast his role. Um, the Blue Ranger, uh, Billy, coming back for this as well. Uh, a few other, few other Power Rangers that were in in the '90s are coming back for this. But yeah, I don't know much about it. It's going to be kind of a uh, thirty-year um, celebration reunion type of deal. Uh, I don't Power Rangers are. I don't know why they're coming back. I know Alpha Five is in it as well. They've shown some pictures of Alpha. Uh, they're coming back because of '90s nostalgia. Yeah, well, 90s nostalgia, plus it is a 30-year anniversary. Uh, I yeah. think it was 1993, uh, 1993 that came out. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, Black Adam, the first week streaming was quickly overshadowed by a decade-old Hugh Jackman movie, which we've been talking about. Uh, Chris had talked about it a couple weeks ago, um, The pris- uh, Prisoners, which I wanted to see because uh, we were talking about it because it had Paul Dano in it, him and Jake Gyllenhaal and, uh, and uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, but yeah, I guess, I don't know if it, I don't know why that movie is doing so well in the streaming. Maybe it just came on Netflix or something. I don't know, but it, it overtook Black Panther. You know why? Black, Ad- Black Adam. we mentioned it on the podcast, so yeah, that's why it's everybody heard, good. Everybody heard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's it for news, and uh, we'll get into the Attitude Era rewatch. Roz War, Jerry, no, Roz War, Royal Rumble, January 19th, 1998, San Jose, California, I forgot we're doing the Royal Rumble too, because I watched it last week, but this is the Royal Rumble in 1998, very, very uh, infamous, famous Royal Rumble, uh, you mentioned uh, your top three Royal Rumbles before we talked uh, through text this week, this was up there, what was the, what were the other two, 92, this one, and 99? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, what? Uh, we yeah. talked about we talked about your favorite Royal Rumbles, uh, ninety two. This one, ninety nine. My favorite Royal Rumble is ninety two, then ninety eight, then ninety nine. Okay, I would say. 
but, but yeah, this this one uh, this one's awesome. This one's awesome. One of the best ones I've seen. We'll talk about it. Um, Mike Tyson is shown in a private box in the arena as the night begins. They go back to him during uh, during between matches and stuff. Him celebrating with uh, Shane McMahon, celebrating with Vince McMahon in, in this sky box or this private box. Um, Goldust is turning into a Muppet. He's wearing a big green jumpsuit in this with weird hair. I, I don't know. I actually like the Gold <laughs> Dust character up until this point. I don't know what the fuck happened. Um, they brought Luna in with him and all of a sudden went downhill. Shamrock versus The Rock. Actually a great match. Um, these two worked well off of each other. Uh, worked actually pretty perfect. Um, the Rock hit Shamrock with brass knuckles. Tucks him into Shamrock's tights as he falls to try to get the three, three count on Shamrock. Um, he kicks out. Shamrock then suplexes The Rock, gets the three-count win for the title. Shamrock actually wins the title. But The Rock tells the ref that Shamrock cheated with the brass knucks that he put in the tights. He points to the knucks in his tights. The ref picks the knucks out of his tights and reverses the decision, and Shamrock goes nuts, loses the title. Um, Rock wins by disqualification, and he attacks the ref, attacks all the other referees who come to help. Um, overall, a great segment, great match. Um, I liked it a lot. Was surprised. Um... Because Shamrock that I knew from the 90s was kind of mid-card, intercontinental to jobber. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s is whenever he left. I'm not sure when he left. Um, yeah, early early 2000s, yeah. Yep. But yeah, it was a great match. A great great team up with them. But the big match of the night was a Royal Rumble match. And we're talking about a couple of the entrances. of Because uh, uh, there's some just the big stuff that happens in it. But the big thing is Mick Foley. Everybody knows this Royal Rumble match for the three faces of Foley. So the first entrance of the night is Cactus Jack. Second entrance of the night is Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk. Um, Cactus Jack ends up getting eliminated by Terry Funk. This Their, their, their back and forth between the two of them is, was amazing in this. Um, they were throwing shit at each other, fighting each other. Terry Funk was telling him to hit him in the head. He was like, hit me, hit me. He was hitting him. It was, it was amazing, playing off of each other. Um, 16th entrance was Mankind. Comes in as a second alter ego. Um, he ends up li- eliminate, eliminating Terry Funk in that. Um, he ends up getting eliminated by Goldust, the art, who they're calling the artist, formerly known as Goldust, because at the time Prince is going by the artist, formerly known as Prince. Um, Owen Hart gets eliminated by Triple H, um, who is not clear to participate. He hits him over the head with a uh, crutch. Um, number 22, um, nobody comes out. Commentary hinting that maybe the person who was supposed to be come, come out was stunned or incapacitated by Austin, um, who comes out as number 25, Steve Austin, to a huge, huge reaction to the crowd. Gigantic. Um, came to the ring through the crowd, surprised everyone, took out a whole bunch of people. Um, number 27, Farouk, the entire nation is in the ring. Uh, Farouk immediately comes down and attacks The Rock. Starts starts battling him because they've been having this kind of back and forth for the nation, splitting sides during this time. Um, and the whole entire end of this match was pretty much The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, they were fighting on the outside. Uh, they went under the ropes, so they didn't go over it yet. Um, they were foreshadowing the feud. They were fighting like crazy. Um, they, were, they were getting the biggest reaction from the crowd besides Dude Love who came out number three. Uh, who came out with his third uh, persona, number 28. Um, he was eliminated at the end. Um, um, ended up being Dude, Farouk, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock at the end. Um, Farouk was eliminated by The Rock. Um, Dude Love was was uh, also eliminated by The Rock, I believe. And it was Austin versus The Rock at the end. Um, stunner on The Rock knocks him silly like The Rock does with Austin's stunners. Austin <laughs> tosses him over the ropes and he wins the Royal Rumble. The way he took the stunner was so cartoonish. It was awesome. Every time. and um, Every time. Yep. Steve Austin wins the Rumble and he becomes the next in line to the title that is held by Shawn Michaels. And uh, yeah, and we know where that goes and we'll get into that in a couple months. But Michael Cole interviews Mike Tyson in his private box, calls him calls Steve Austin Cold Stone. Very iconic interview in the, uh, in the skybox. Um, in the last match of the night, which ended up being the main event, which usually nowadays the main event is the Rumble match, but... This night, it was this title match. HBK versus Undertaker in a casket match. Um, one of the greatest shots was Taker is in the casket. HBK stands over the casket and tries to uh, close him in. Um, he's standing over the casket and he's crossing chop. He's cross chopping Undertaker below. But Undertaker grabs HBK's balls like he's going for a choke slam as he's trying to escape from the ring. I thought from the casket, I thought it was cool. Um, There's also an amazing tombstone on HBK from the apron into the casket. Um, this is also the match where HBK gets injured. There's this. I, I couldn't. I think it was when he threw him out of the ring, and he landed yeah, he his, hits his back. back. He yep. he landed his back onto the ring, and he ended up hurting himself to what was supposed to be a <clears throat> career ending career ending injury. Um, WrestleMania was his last match for four years until he came back in 2002. But um, but yeah, Los, Los Pericos and the Outlaws come down and double team to take down Taker. Um, Kane comes down for the save and, uh, and cleans house with everybody. Then Kane turns on the Undertaker and beats him down. Choke slams him into the casket, and HBK and Triple H close the casket, and he ends up winning the title back. Um, after the match, Kane and Paul Bearer to lock the casket, wheel it to the top of the ramp, and Kane starts swinging an axe to the casket with Undertaker still locked inside. Um, he proceeds to pour gasoline all over the top of the casket and sets it on fire. With Undertaker locked inside as pay-per-view goes off the air as big, huge flames. Um, yeah, great rumble. Loved it. Loved uh, Pay-per-view, uh, 50-50 on the matches. Um, main event was good. Rumble match was good. But that's usually with the Royal Rumble most of the, most of the time. Um, so, yeah, sets up some uh, WrestleMania things that are going to happen in, in the upcoming months here. Um, so let's get into Raw's War. Um, January 20th, 1998, live from Fresno, California. Um, Mike Tyson at this time just get, came off the Evander Holyfield thing from the summer summer before. <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice. And um, the news that he's getting from this, especially after this night, was amazing at the time. Um, I don't think WWE had news like this, or WWF at the time didn't have news like this ever. But it was all over the papers, all over the all over our uh, network news. Um, it was in the front page of the newspapers. It was gigantic. Um, him join, him being involved in wrestling at all. Um, he was wrestling fan when he was a kid. Um, wrestling, he was talking about Bruno San Martino being one of his favorites. He's a New York guy, so Bruno was was a New York guy, and he was he was a fan of him in the seventies. Um, but the night opens with Paul Bearer gloating about destroying the Undertaker at the Royal Rumble. Um, Taker's music hits, and a scorched casket yeah scorched casket comes down to the ring. With, quote-unquote, JR, his dastardly brother, Kane, inside. Kane comes out of the casket, does his little Kane fire thing. The ring posts catch on fire. 
that just, that's pretty much all you see of them that night. Um, DX con uh, are cutting a promo in a locker room, saying they're going to be the ones to find The Undertaker tonight on Raw and promise they will find out where his, his whereabouts are before the end of the night. Um, a hearse arrives backstage in one of the commercial breaks. Um, and a next commercial break, a black and white promo airs. I want to play this. The name's Venom. Vic. You think those announcers on TV are shooting with you? I don't think so. It's all in the spoilings. You either got them or you don't. You want fluff? Go eat them. Marshmallow. You want the dirt? Guess who's got the shovel? You want raw? I'll get downright nasty. Subscribe to an attitude. Get 12 issues of both the WWF and Raw magazines. That's 20. Yeah, Vic Venom. AKA Vince, Vince, Vince Russo. AKA Vinny. Vinny Rue. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, Vince Russo as Vic Venom. He was a writer on uh, Raw, uh, Raw magazine. But he was also the head. He was was he the head writer at Raw this time? He must have been. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So most of the Attitude Era stuff that you know is Vince Russo's fault or praise, however you want to see it. But um, DX go to this hearse that was parked out back. They want to check it out. They open the back door and it's full of blonde bimbos. DX jumps in the hearse with them. China slams the door, rolling her eyes. Classic DX stuff. Um, Mike Tyson arrives with this entourage, huge entourage, um, including Shane McMahon. He's part of the entourage as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite face of Foley? Who was your favorite um, character that McFoley did? Uh, probably Mankind. Yeah, me too. Uh, mankind, this era, mankind, or mankind, corporate mankind. This like the era. white, the white um, shirt, Mister Sacco. Was that corporate mankind? Uh, that's corporate later, later on. After I think Mister Sacco was later towards the end of of uh, the rock stuff. In, in general, just mankind. Um, yeah. I like him more than I. I do like Cactus Jack. Dude, love obviously is fucking nothing, but uh, yeah. I didn't go anywhere. old school. Cactus Jack was awesome yeah unbelievable but i mean once mankind essentially became cactus jack just with the mask i loved him yeah what is that oh i was just looking at a text message you sent me <laughs> <laughs> three minutes ago i was like why is there a teddy Hart text message on my it's from four years ago um I, yeah <laughs> um DX talked to Mexican minis. They're still looking for the Undertaker. They're asking him, them if they've seen the Undertaker. Yeah, these Mexican minis. I, I'm surprised that they're such a big part of, of Raw at this time, or Wrestle or WWF at this time. Uh, this man had a thing for midgets. Um, Barry Windham turns on Bradshaw. They were the new Blackjacks. I mean, joining this Jim Cornette thing with this new NWA faction he's creating. I don't know if this goes anywhere because I've never even heard about it until this. Uh, uh not. For long, it okay. doesn't go anywhere. Um, next segment, half a second opens the second hour. Undertaker music hits. A lifeless figure hanging from the rafters descends from the rafters and is lowered into the ring. It's HBK. Um, Triple H and China bring down a charcoal grill. DX wearing chef hat start a barbecue in the middle of the ring. Sean and I both got jumbo weenies, but China. Show us what you're bringing to the barbecue, girl. Uh-oh. That is the big Woo! stick. 
Sean, where'd you get those cool clothes you came out here with? A fire sale? <laughs> well, China, Triple H, how do you like your Undertaker? Do you like him rare, medium, or well done? Because that's exactly what he is, is done. Thanks to Degeneration X and yours truly, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. And later on in the promo, Shawn Michaels asks, who's next? Now it's time to go to the list. Who's next in line for the Heartbreak Kid? Figure it out, Einstein. Who won the Rumble? If you are watching the Royal Rumble, everybody knows the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a shot at the World Wrestling Federation Champion. So, Stone Cold Steve Austin. A former World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champion. Been there, done that, Stone Cold. Steve Austin, a former Intercontinental Champion. Been there, done that, Stone Cold. It seems as if there is only one more mountain for Stone Cold Steve Austin to climb. Not only is the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels at the top of that mountain, he owns that mountain. Because the Heartbreak Kid says so. Stone Cold yeah, I'm going to cut that off there. But yeah, he's uh, he's hinting to his match at WrestleMania with Stone Cold, which we know is coming up. I'm um, going to have a feud for the next couple of months. And uh, Mike Tyson's been doing quick promos throughout the night with uh, different factions. Uh, Cactus Jack, Funk, he's doing little promos with them. The Nation of Domination. And finally, he does a promo with uh, DX right before the next commercial break, um, foreshadowing what's going to happen in the next two months. Um, and the night ends with Vince McMahon coming down to the ring, getting booed out of the building. And he introduces Mike Tyson, to, Mike Tyson to the crowd. Mike Tyson comes out surrounded by six people, six deep, enters the ring to address the crowd, and Vince McMahon makes an announcement. Mike, it is unquestionably an honor and a privilege to have you standing in a World Wrestling Federation ring. Well, it's just a pleasure for me to be here. I, you know, I've been a fan. I've been following since I'm eight, nine years old. Um, I'm just happy to be here. Who are some of your old-time favorites in the WWF? Bruno Sammartino. Yeah, all right. Don Leo Jonathan as well? Nikolai Volkman. I go way back from the 70s. <laughs> I'm just proud to be involved with this. You know? All right now, ladies and gentlemen. The moment we have awaited. The big announcement, and the announcement is that on March 29, at WrestleMania, in this very ring, Iron Mike Tyson.
I've been doing this rewatch for almost a year now, and this is the best segment I've seen in a year. And there's been a lot. I mean, you think about what we've seen. We've seen, we've seen Bret Hart stuff. We've seen DX. We've seen a lot. This is the best segment. Um, the entire crew of WWF refs are following Austin to the ring to kind of separate them and create a wall between him and Mike Tyson. And Austin confronts Mike Tyson. Mr. Austin, why are you here? Because I'm sick and tired of seeing Mike Tyson. He comes in, he's shaking everybody's hands, making friends with all the WWF superstars, and it's made me so damn sick I've been in the back throwing up. Yeah, me too. I ain't gonna shake your damn hand because I ain't out here to make friends with you. Mike, I need to shut up. I respect. I respect what you've done in the boxing world, but Jesus Christ, son, when you step in this ring, you're messing with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and that's something you don't do. Yeah, you're on a different planet now. Let me make it short and sweet. What I'm telling you is I want a piece of Mike Tyson's ass. Whoa! Shut up. Don't say one word, Vince. I'll knock your damn lights out, too. <laughs> I respect what you've done, Mike, but you're out here calling yourself the baddest man on the planet. Right now, you got your little beady eyes locked on the eyes of the world's toughest son of a bitch. I could beat you any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Do I think I do I think you could beat my ass? Hell no. Do I think I could beat your ass? Why oh. hell yeah! I don't know how good your hearing is, but if you don't understand what I'm saying, I always got a little bit of sign language. So here's to you. Really put yourself into that moment 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. How huge that was for wrestling. How it huge was it was. Everywhere. It, it was like it was it a was catapult. On, it was on ESPN the yes. next day. It was a catapult to the Attitude Era. It was a catapult of why I started watching wrestling because it became more mainstream because of this. It was huge. And having Mike Tyson involved, and not only have, but having him interact and push and fight the main, big, huge babyface at the time, the Hulk Hogan of the late '90s at this time, was amazing. And yeah, Austin is being held down by a dozen officials. Um, Vince is yelling at him from the ring, yelling at him, "You ruined it! You ruined it!" Officials drag Austin up. Up the ramp to the out to out of the ring, um, goes to a qu quick commercial break. Um, the night ends with Mike Tyson backstage yelling at Vince to bring Austin's faggot ass to him. 
because every every word was the f word out of Mike out of Mike Tyson's mouth, even when he was doing his his boxing promos at the time. Nineties, everybody could say that word. Can't say it anymore. I just did. Oops. But night ended. Huge, huge brawl. Setting up a setting up a feud with Mike Tyson going into WrestleMania. He's going to be involved somehow. They don't announce it yet, but he is he is a huge part of that match at the end. And yes, that's it. That's it for Raw, and that was a huge promo, huge night. My favorite, one of my favorite promos ever, um, especially in this rewatch in the last years. It, it was amazing. So that's it for that's it for our Attitude Era this week, and that's it for our show. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, next week we're going to review the Bear. We're going to review Last of Us episode two. We're going to review that seven that '90s show. We're gonna we're gonna. Do our show. Do what we do. Do what we do best. Talk geek shit. Um, so we'll talk to everybody next week. Peace. Later. <laughs>